Kaden Kopiar acknowledges the traditional owners of the land that this podcast was recorded and produced on, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Welcome to The Press Office with Kate and Co-PR, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, and if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to the Press Office with Caden Co-PR. Now today I am joined by fashion designer Christina Exy and if her name sounds familiar to you, you may be a little like me and a huge fan of the former reality TV show Project Runway. Christina actually won the show back in 2012 and since then she has become the founder and creative director of her own namesake athleisure wear brand, called Exy. Trust me when I say Exy has some really cool and unique active wear, which is honestly like nothing you've ever seen before. In this chat, Christina and I discuss everything from marketing, designing and producing a fashion brand. So with that, let's get on to the interview. Hello, Christina, and thank you so much for joining me here today on The Press Office with Kate and Co. PR. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited to be chatting to you. And before we get started, do you mind introducing yourself, what you do, and how you got to where you are today? My name is Christina Exey. I am a fashion designer and entrepreneur, and I got here today through a very long journey of studying and working in the industry and opening and closing businesses. Amazing. Now, I know you from back in the day from Project Runway. I was a huge fan of the show. I wish that it still existed. What was your experience like? I love that it's your favorite show, firstly. And I want to say that I was on the last season and I think I broke it. (laughs) In terms of you know, I guess the most standout thing of the show um, and most exciting part was winning <laughs> because I didn't think I'd win and I didn't go in to win. And the experience, you know, throughout the whole journey of the challenges was challenging. And also I hadn't watched the show much in the past. I didn't really know much about it. So when I jumped into it, I kind of was blind to what I was jumping into. And so that was an eye-opener for me. And because of that, uh, I didn't think that I really would win. Um, And then when I did, it was a really pleasant surprise. And where did that lead you to next? Was it straight into starting your own label or were there a few little steps along the way? It was actually. I won a prize. Uh, It was money. I won a car. And the opportunity to show my next collection at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week Australia. So I created my brand, my namesake brand, Christina Exe, which was Demi Couture. And I created a collection that was bright. It was based on black, white and primary colors and, you know, uh, shapes. 
So squares and hexagons and all different types of shapes uh, that I constructed into the patterns, the actual like shapes of the garments and the pattern making of the garments, but also laser cutting patterns within the, the leather fabric to create texture. So that was really cool. And that was, yeah, the debut, debut collection uh, of my brand. And I then ran my brand for about two years after that. And you've now gone from demi-couture into activewear, which seems like a little bit of a, a jump. What made you decide to kind of change tact of what you were designing? Yeah, well, after running my brand and working in the industry, you know, I worked in tailoring, I worked in wovens, predominantly wovens and then I started working in stretchwear I also worked in bridal wear so I had a a breadth of experience across different fashion products and I love couture I love demi couture and it's definitely the craftsmanship and the artisanal side of design which is where I excel in but I felt like my aesthetic even in you know, these couture garments or whatever I was designing had this sportswear aesthetic to it. And when people would see my clothing, they would say, it almost looks like it's sporty, but it's like a tailored jacket or a coat, like how they didn't quite get it. And I think the aesthetic of my clothing has always been that futuristic, sporty aesthetic. And I started creating in the Christina Exe brand, almost like a diffusion line when I had it. And I was making leggings with paneling details and just loved that type of design and you know seven years after having my first brand and opening Exe, I wanted to create something that had the technicalities you know of design lines but not actually cutting into the fabric so I created the same aesthetic with like patterns on the fabric. I have to say I've been stalking your online shop and your active wear like I think active wear, especially with COVID and the pandemic, it's obviously taken like a huge, huge part of the fashion market. But your stuff is very different. I haven't seen anything quite like it before. It's amazing. Thank you. That is really lovely to hear. It is different. And I think it's because of my background and my aesthetic. And um, I'm quite authentic, unapologetically, sometimes, um, which is good and bad. <laughs> The good part is that the true creative side of me comes out and sometimes uh, customers don't understand it (laughs) because maybe it's a bit too out there. So yeah, I am kind of tapering my crazy designs back a little bit so they're a bit more digestible to the Australian consumer. I think stay crazy, stay unapologetic. I love it. I love it. I've got my eye on a few sets, like the purple at the moment. I'm obsessed with that. So where do you get your inspiration from for this active wear? Is it actually looking back into your more kind of high-end demi-couture past that you are getting that inspo for for your designs now? It's a combination of a few things. I I guess it's the way that I perceive the world and how I perceive trends. And I love high fashion. I love luxury. That's my experience. That's where I draw commercial inspiration from, so to speak. Then there's the element of seeing people and what they're wearing on the streets and how those trends trickle up. Well, I should say bubble up. That's the true fashion term, bubbling up. So I kind of merge those things together and I put them through the Christina Exe lens and then I look at my customer. It's almost like I, I my designs start out really wild and then I have to cut them back when I think about the end use. Uh, but I try to stay true to my 
aesthetic and what I believe XE is as a brand. And with XE, so at the moment you do have a, a mixture of in-person stores. Also, I, I would imagine that a lot of it is done online as most shopping is these days. How important is it for you, for the business to be having kind of both an online presence and an in-person presence? With what I design, it is quite consistent with the sizing. But I think the texture of the fabric, the colour, like we try to be as accurate as possible with our online store and I can say that the colour is accurate. But having the ability to go into a physical store and touch and feel the garment, speak to the team in store and experience what it's like to be in an Etsy store and have the music playing and the whole vibe, it gives you a better understanding of the brand And then also that product knowledge side that's coming from the team in store, explaining what makes our product great, recycled yarns. That's all published on the website, but it's unlikely that someone's going to read all that information. So when you have someone actually talking you through it, especially when I educate my in-store teams on the product knowledge, they're equipped and empowered with that to be able to deliver that information to customers who walk through the door. So you get a more in-depth experience when you go to an Etsy store. I think that's really important. And obviously the past two years, especially in Melbourne, we couldn't really go out to shops that much. So everyone has been so used to online shopping, but I have to say I've really found this like newfound love again for fashion and actually going into stores. Like you said, feeling materials, you know, hearing about a brand story, like that's amazing. And you, you're you not going to digest that information the same if it's just on a screen or through an Instagram post. Yes, I completely agree. And I think we've become so fast in how we look at a product and how we want to buy a product as well. Like we see it on someone that we're influenced by and they're like, oh, I just want to, I want to buy it because they're wearing it. But it doesn't kind of go beyond that. And I think that's what I'm trying to deliver in the XC stores. Like you buy it because you love it, because you're an individual and this is going to make you feel like a badass when you put it on. It's not necessarily because they've seen it online, although it helps, but it's not the true intention of it. From there, picking your brain around influencers, is that something that is important to you for your brand strategy? I think partnering with influencers is important if it aligns with your brand and brand values or if that individual aligns with your brand and brand values. I personally find when a customer purchases the XE product and they wear it and they post it and that is an authentic advocacy of the product, then that I feel is more powerful than paying an influencer to represent your brand. And I would say from what I'm gathering and listening to now, the audience and customers perceive that more positively as well because everyone's aware of what influencers do like they get paid to wear products so how is that authentic or how do you prove that it is actually authentic and that's really hard to do so I find the user-generated content or you know word of mouth is always going to be more powerful. I was just having this discussion before too around how the bigger influencers with 5 million followers, like what they're wearing isn't genuine most of the time. You know that it's either all being gifted, there's a price tag behind what they're wearing. Whereas even like the micro influencers who you know are working with brands that they love and respect, 
that they actually have more of a pull and they're more in, more engaging than the bigger influencers. And then I think, again, on that same level, it's if your friend or a friend of a friend is wearing a really cool active wear set, that is more likely, again, to influence you than the micro-influencer. It's like you need to trust the person who's wearing it to believe it. It's so interesting. Even the other day I was in Queensland and we went to some bar and I like tagged the bar and I had this random DM from a girl being like, hey, where was your friend's outfit from the green set? Like I need to have it. I'm obsessed with it. And that was just, she saw someone randomly on the street and she's like, I need it. (laughs) That's so funny. Someone was walking past me the other day and she was wearing the most amazing flowy pants that were in like this deep purple colour. And I was about to yell out at her, where are your pants from? But I was like, is that weird? Do people do that anymore? <laughs> but it's true. It's almost like you see someone, even if you don't know them, um, and you, it's like you, you have to see how they're wearing it or styling it, and then it kind of gives you an idea of how it might look on you, especially if that person looks similar to you as well. You can have a good idea of how it's going to look on you. Exactly. And in terms of you being like a brand ambassador for Exy, are you always in the Exy activewear? I am a walking Exy billboard. It's funny, I go to the gym. Um, sometimes I go and try out different gyms because I get a bit bored going to the same gym all the time and people are like, oh, I love your outfit. Where'd you get it from? I'm like, oh, it's Exy. And they're like, oh, cool. And they like ask me questions. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, you know, the founder. <laughs> I design everything. And then they start to like notice my socks. And then the jacket I'm wearing, <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're like, everything you're wearing is sexy. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I do it. One, well, I love the product. Obviously, I love the product. Like, I design everything. But if I didn't always wear sexy, I would feel like a terrible founder. Like, I do sometimes, you know, I might wear like a blazer that's not sexy. And I always get pointed out by someone, you're not wearing sexy. It's like, oh, thanks. Thanks for reminding me. Do you think that since COVID and lockdowns that you're in activewear even more or were you always someone who was into like the athleisure, I can wear leggings and a crop top to brunch type of girl? You know, I haven't really thought about this, but if I go back before Exy, I would say that I didn't actually wear much activewear. I was always in suits or, you know, woven garments. I love wearing sports bras as my everyday bras, though. I can say that. I would be buying all different types of sports bras from different brands because I cannot stand wearing bras that have underwire. Um, And I can say that the XC ones are great. (laughs) Just plug that there. But no, like I, I mean, I was living in Germany and I was buying, I didn't have much money. So I was buying, you know, from H&M and fast fashion brands that were stocking activewear. And I, I did really love buying that product. And, you know, Nike, of course, their basics and their core range. And so I had some key pieces, but I wasn't like an activewear junkie. I feel like I've definitely been impacted by it. I would wear activewear, obviously, when being active or going for a walk, but the thought of going out either to the supermarket in a cool hoodie, I'd be like, nah have to dress up whereas now I'm I'm all about the active wear all the time no it's true like I wear active wear all the time I wear it to work I wear it on the weekends like constantly constantly I opened the brand in COVID so I had all the product that I was wearing then pre-COVID I was never never wearing active wear you know on the weekends unless I was working out so yeah interesting to talk about this (laughs) 
I know we don't want to talk about lockdowns too much. It's not the greatest time of our life. One thing I do want to touch on with you is that you have recently joined the Caden Co PR team. You've joined the agency. So what made you want to decide that you wanted PR representation and what made you choose Caden Co? Firstly, Kate and Daniela are wonderful people (laughs) and I've Uh, built a relationship with them over the last couple of months um, and they've been so lovely and I think it's a testament to the power of connection and relationships in general and and what that can deliver and that trust that you gain um, I think that's really special so that's the key reason why I've partnered with them um, and with Kate and Co the actual PR agency and in terms of why I feel like I needed PR is Exi is a new brand. We've been around for about two years. We've got great product. We have customers with really positive testimonials for the customers that have shopped with us, but not many people know who we are. So I felt that we need to amplify the XE story. I think it's so important for people to know who we are and the story behind XE and why XE was created. And, you know, we're not just active wear or athleisure wear. You know, we do have a backstory um, and there's, a, you know, about a 10-year history of where all of the concept for the brand started into how it is created today. So I think that's really special and I think it's important to communicate that to the world. Have you ever worked with a PR agency before, back when you were doing Christina XE? Yeah, I did for a bit, not much. Um, I didn't, to be honest, back then I wasn't really clear on what I was actually doing. <laughs> I was about 22 and, you know, I, I had the opportunity to launch a brand, zero business acumen, learnt everything every day, like day by day, and um, highly creative. So the way that I was running the business probably, you know, is very different to how I think and operate now. And um, I guess I didn't see the value in having PR back then, but I, I understand that now. It's definitely something you need to be the right time for your brand as well to be able to really leverage PR and I think too you know there's that fine balance between profiling your brand and your products and also profiling yourself as the business owner. Yes exactly I mean there's lots of different brands around there's a few Australian brands where some have a face and then some don't. I personally think it's stronger to have a face because then you're connected to like a person and then you understand you know who that person is what they do their history their story and you know their values and their purpose and I'm the creator of the XE brand so I'm almost like an extension of it or XE is an extension of me and so I feel like I can personally be the face of the brand and drive the audience to understand the XE brand through me. It's almost like this level of trust that the consumer can have once they get to know you, they can trust you, they can trust the brand, and it, it kind of becomes one, right? It does. I think so. I mean, I can't say, like, you know, I am exy, but, you know, it's a creation of mine, so I feel like, you know, there's the synergies there and it all works together. It's definitely part of you. And is there any PR goal that you have, your dream publication? If I could have a place, because I feel like exy, you know, we're a commercial athleisure brand, and it makes sense, you know, to see us in fitness magazines or, you know, more um, commercial publications. But I feel like I'm a fashion designer and 
I design all the product. So I feel like positioning XE as a fashion brand is relevant and it does make sense. So I think that being featured in Vogue or Harper's Bazaar isn't out of the scope. Like that would be great. (laughs) Even Rush Magazine. Yeah, we have great product and you know, we can shoot it by itself or style it with other brands. Like there's so many ways to wear it and to elevate it uh, from, you know, like the athleisure space. It is very fashionable activewear. Some activewear is just very much, you go to the gym in it and that's it. Whereas it is very, very fashion forward, which I love about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing my seamless bodysuit now with denim. So you can wear it all different ways. You can wear it to Pilates, to brunch, to the bar, <laughs> wherever you want. Do you have any like standout products that you just live in? Okay, I well, there's a few products that I absolutely love. So for every day, which is like going to work in and working out in, and I should share a secret. I actually went to Legree today. So I was wearing my denim in the morning and then I went to Legree. I changed into my Flex 2.0 set and then I came back in my Flex 2.0 set. So when I said I was wearing, I'm wearing jeans, I was actually lying. I was wearing jeans, but I came back from Pilates in my Flex 2.0 set, which I am wearing right now. And this is the best set because I find it really snatches you in <laughs> at the waist. So it's super comfy. Um, and then the waistband just kind of, you know, gives you that really um, I guess it kind of compresses you a little bit just around the waistline. So it gives you a nice silhouette. And then I love the Volt set, which is like a different texture to our flex. It's a bit more of a tighter rib and we usually produce that in a sports bra and a short. So that's perfect for the warmer months. But I have to say my favorite design, I don't live in it, but I do wear it a lot, is the blade set. And you touched on it before when you said you love that purple set. That's actually the blade set. So it's like highly intricate detailing. I'm generally wearing the long sleeve top that we produced last year and didn't release it again. I've had so many customers asking if we're going to produce it again, but we're not because <laughs> I want to I want to make sure that when we do something really exciting like that, you know, it is a limited edition item and we actually honor that and don't like trick our customers and then reproduce it. And they're like, oh, but I had an exclusive design. It is a very cool set. And like you said, the design is just so interesting. So definitely everyone needs to check that one out. Now, there might be some people listening along who want to start their own label or become a fashion designer. Do you have any advice for where they should get started? It depends. Um, If you want to be a fashion designer, I would say study fashion design. I think you'll learn a lot because you'll either learn a lot and pay little to learn that when you're studying or you pay a lot to learn it (laughs) by opening your own brand. So you've got like, it depends how you want to do it. Um, So I'd recommend studying it. I'd recommend then going into the industry and working and learning from wherever it is, you know, choosing your path if you want to work in the commercial landscape or the luxury landscape, you know, where in the world do you want to be positioned and and go from there. And then also when you study fashion design, like 1% of the students become fashion designers, then other people work in marketing or pattern makers or garment technicians or whatever it may be, production managers. So there's like so many opportunities that come with that. So you can change, you know, your direction, even if you go into your uh, education thinking that you're going to be a fashion designer. In terms of opening up your own fashion brand, that's a different story. You don't learn that at fashion school. It's 
unless it depends on the fashion school that you go to, maybe it's like business and fashion together. I kind of treat them slightly different. Like I think product and brand will always kind of win. And then like business, anyone can learn how to do business. So for me, like learning it after learning how to, you know, expand on collections and concepts and merchandising and things like that like that I would say has been really helpful in my career and I probably have skills that you know really great skills that maybe someone who studied a fashion business fusion course doesn't have so I think you just kind of have an idea of what you want to do and then decide what type of education that you want and apply for project runway when it comes back hey if you apply for project runway you have to be a really great pattern maker and really great technically you don't actually like design, yes, but if you can execute, then you win and you're not as stressed. <laughs> Was this something you always knew you were going to get into when you were younger? I think so. I always had an interest in fashion and I was always super creative and a little bit different to the other kids at school, like a lot different, (laughs) like a little loner and just used to like sketch by myself. So I definitely, it was like up there on something that I wanted to do. I think the weirdos always end up being the coolest people. They always have like the most interesting life. So go be the weirdo. That's what I say. Thanks. I was a weirdo too. I would study in the library every lunchtime. Boring. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're like my soul sister. I was doing the same thing. Well, look, look where it's got us today. Uh, now, before we go, I do want to quickly ask you a few questions about PR and PR agencies. Is there a way that you like working with a publicist? I know you're very new to the Caden Co. PR team. Yeah, I think honesty, transparency and communication is probably the key thing uh, just to make sure that you know we're aligned on what we're trying to achieve and we're both working toward achieving that goal together it's um, two-sided and I think um, having open communication is really important to make sure you know if there's anything that's like we're not clear about or perhaps the objectives aren't clear that we're all kind of on the same page and there's no surprises. I love that point about the open and clear communication because being on the publicist side, when you're working with a brand, you really need to become so invested in that brand and really be like an extension of your own team. Exactly. I think that's exactly what it is. We are all a team. We work together. It's not a transaction. Exactly. And now on the other end of the spectrum, do you have any PR pet hates? Oh, I think... (laughs) (laughs) This is just from experience, but just say I, just say the PR agency did the work that they did and then I did the work that I did out of the PR agency and then everything was collated by the PR agency into one like marketing summary or like, you know, a summary of key publications that I was published in or the brand was published in, but they only did like a portion of the work. And then presenting that back to me as if it was like part of the work that they did. That annoys me (laughs) because it's like, well, you only really did like 20% of what you've put into this document, but but you're kind of taking credit for that um, to kind of create like 
a smoke and mirror effect. No, I totally get where you're coming from. And I've had such a nice time chatting to you. And I have four quick fire questions for you before you go. Are you ready? Hit me. Email or phone call? Phone call. Zoom or in-person meetings? In person. Your typical day in media consumption? Six hours. Got a full-time job. I always get so embarrassed when the notification comes up and it's like, your screen time is up by 50% this week. It's like, shut up. Oh, wait, I think I lied. I think my screen time's six hours a week, not a day. A week? That's hardly anything. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I'm on like four and a half to five hours a day. And then last question, Instagram, Facebook or TikTok? Instagram, then TikTok. I would like to be more on TikTok, but producing content is in video form, is really challenging. And people like really <laughs> like dumb stuff, which I find I could just, I don't know, I don't feel like I'm witty enough to produce it. So still learning on that one. My problem is I get on TikTok and I'm like, this is so easy. These people that are TikTok famous, what are they doing? And then I try and do it. It's so hard. It's so hard. Glad we can agree on that. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Before we go, do you mind just letting the listeners know where they can find out more about you and Exy? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Christina Exy, TikTok, Christina Exy, Facebook, Christina Exy, LinkedIn, Christina Exy. I also just published my website, so you can also find me there which is christinaxe.com. And then for Exe, the brand, where you can buy product from, exe.com.au and also Exe Studio for Instagram. And that's the same handle on TikTok as well. You will not see anything happening on either my personal page or Facebook page or Exe's Facebook page. Facebook's so weird now. It's such an afterthought. It is, unfortunately, but... It is. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been so fun. Thank you. I've really enjoyed our chat and I'm so happy we finally have met. Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate and Co PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at Kate Co PR.